It's never explained by the press because they know not to explain it to you. They're all part of it. They all belong to the CFR, the big Fabian globalist society that's helped bring it into being. In fact, many of the journalists for Canada and the States helped work on the plans for the integration for the Americas that came out on national television in Canada when the ex-vice prime minister, the assistant prime minister, uh, came out on behalf of the Council on Foreign Relations and proudly stated that he and his cohorts had drafted up the very treaties that the President of the U.S. and the Prime Minister of Canada and Mexico were signing in 2005, and that they drafted up all the other ones. They go down to 2010 when it's complete amalgamation. We'll be back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Someone asked me the other day if I thought that people were waking up. And what they really tell me is that people around them are getting edgy. Well, that's not waking up. You see, the difference between waking up to reality, it takes a bit of study, too, to find out what's going on. The difference between that and reacting, reacting to the media, and the media is keeping people in a constant state of crisis, one crisis after another, most of them bogus. And they also know they're losing jobs, they're losing homes, they know that the economy is pretty well sunk, and they know that no one at the top is telling them that it's going to get any better. That's not waking up, that's reacting to what's happening around them. They have no idea really what's really going on. None at all. And that's why it's so important to go into the histories of the big organizations going back at least into the 1800s that manifested themselves then openly as foundations, philanthropic foundations, backed and funded actually and set up on behalf of the international bankers to, and the big industrialists to create an alternative to democracy. On the one hand, you have democracy as you think it is, where you're supplied with people to vote for. And they're all vetted, of course, by the right people, always, before you even hear their names. And then there's the other, the parallel government that they talked about to the Club of Rome. And Margaret Thatcher talks about the real government, the one that can get the jobs done without people squabbling from different parties and different sides and so on. That's the real government, and they take their marching orders from the big foundations who set up the groundwork for the integration of our planetary system. Not a happy land where we'll all be chocolate-colored people by the score, as his old song went, but rather uh, a, a society where you have societal planning as opposed to just family planning. There'll be no families left anyway, so you'll have societal planning where you will be selected or refused for breeding purposes. And that's only one step of it. They already have that planned up to 2050, and after that is going to clone what they want. They have the technology to do it, better servants. We are the unfortunate generation that happened to be alive at the moment when we're going through the big change. As Mr. Rockefeller said at a World Bank meeting, 
He said, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Then he said, this generation will be the cannon fodder for the agenda. So tough cheese to us all, apparently. And that's why the, the governments on cue, all together at the same time, came out on 2001 to kick off the century. Remember, it restarts in 2001. And 9-11 was the planned event, and they all went into action with a pre-planned program, which had to have taken years of networking between countries and officials and bureaucrats to get on the, the board and ready to go like that. It was already set up. It was the must-be-happening to put it all into effect because the public must always will accept any kind of tyranny as long as there's a small piece of plausibility in the story you're given for your rights being taken away from you. Very simple. I've got quote after quote from guys in the past who said the same thing. Eugenicists, of course, set up the big foundations. They all were on board with eugenics. The same foundations funded the Soviet system and the Nazi system. The same foundations and their owners were part of the IG Farben group for Nazi Germany that created the war machine. There would be no war machine if it hadn't been for IG Farben and the Western banks that they all owned. But eugenics is at the top of the tree because the ones at the top truly believe that people evolve down through the ages, evolution rules, and they are at the top of the evolutionary tree, and everyone else is simply left over and obsolete from a previous age, doing things the old-fashioned ways. And that has to come to a stop, they tell us. That's why you hear about global sustainability and food sustainability and all the other sustainabilities that they dreamed up at the top. It's all propaganda to make sure that you feel guilty about breathing and being alive. And you'll be a better slave because you truly will be brainwashed into thinking, I better cough up to, to get rid of all these carbon footprints that are all over the place. That's what it's all about. And the Club of Rome, again, the big think tank, that sits and dreams up scams for the future, admitted that in their own book, The First Global Revolution, that they dreamed up the idea after looking at all kinds of ways to unite the planet in a common war against something. It's the only time they come together and sacrifice would be if man was at war with the planet. If for man was the enemy, they said global warming, and man the enemy, that would fit the bill in their own book. That was then passed on to all the other institutions and magazines TV documentaries, etc., to get it across to the people until we start parroting the same nonsense. Very simple technique. And they've come out in the open so brazenly now, so, so many of them, right after that population conference the, 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 by the optimation of the population trust of them, the population they call it, they have branches all over the planet. Again, it's a foundation funded by the other big foundations as most of them are. They're all funded by about five main foundations, but they have a thousand of them out there. They're fronts for every aspect of society. And the Optimum Population Trust just done an article there, I think on the BBC. I don't know if it's available here yet, with their new hero, David Attenborough, uh, being the, the spokesman for the need to bring down drastically the number of you know useless eaters, those at the top. I mean, those at the bottom that simply can't pay their way, then shouldn't be here. And plus there's a plethora of articles
themselves appearing at the same time, not by chance. They do these things uh, in a coordinated fashion because we have to see something or we hear something eight times, according to the marketers, before it sinks into our heads. And we start to parrot it too. Therefore, you have the same bunch of articles coming out across all over from different people. Middle-class children have better genes, says former school's chief, and we just have to accept it. And that there is from the Mail Online, 13th of May. Middle-class children are more likely to be clever than those from poorer families because they have better genes, said former Ofsted chief Chris Woodhead yesterday. The comments caused an immediate storm with critics calling them insulting and crazy. However, Mr. Woodhead won support in some quarters, including the backing of an evolutionary psychologist. Evolutionary psychologist, I guess he may have spent time with the apes first, his cousins, who, have, who said research had shown that there was a link between class and average IQ. He suggested that grammar school pupils, that's, that's the ones in Britain that, that are private to schools, were more likely to be middle class because the genes are likely to be better if your parents are teachers, academics, lawyers, whatever, and the nurture is likely to be better. Well, one thing's for true, there'll be less stress there because there's more money in the home. The worst cause for stress in the home is lack of money, as they well know, of course. But he's this eugenicist who was in charge of schools for Britain, coming out with his own opinion, which isn't his at all. He'll belong to one of these big groups like the Optimum Population Trust. In an interview with The Guardian, he argued that Labour had betrayed a generation by refusing to accept that some children were not suited to formal secondary education. The government had tried to make education accessible rather than rigorous, he said. Ministers should accept that some youngsters are simply not very bright and allow them to pursue a practical training instead of forcing them into the classroom. As I've taught, and I can still remember trying to interest children who had no interest whatsoever in English, he said, they didn't want to be in the classroom. If I'm honest, I didn't want them to be there either because they were disruptive to children who did want to learn what was the point. But political scientist Alan Ryan, who is the warden of New College, Oxford, criticized Mr. Woodhead's views on genes as garbage. All the evidence is that initial genetic endowment is pretty much random across social classes and everything depends on nurturing an environment, he said. And that's a fact. Let's say if you have poverty... You're not going to have a happy home at all. And the children will be upset by arguing over money and all the rest of it. Common sense. So the Department for Children, Schools and Families also rejected Mr. Woodhead's arguments. We don't accept the inevitability of people's socioeconomic backgrounds shaping their attainment and their futures. A spokesman said, well, I disagree with that. I think, I think wherever class you're born in absolutely shakes shapes your future. It's who you know in the system always was. Always was. Just however, there was support from Dr. Bruce Charlton, an expert in evolutionary psychiatry. Do you know there was evolutionary psychiatry? Another, a new one, eh? evolutionary psychiatry from Newcastle University. Chris Woodhead is basically correct and there's nothing new about it, he said. Dr. Charlton insisted that intelligence was mostly inherited, adding that family background and education probably makes a small difference, but nothing like as much as people think. So everything's coming out in the open now with the elitists, you see. There's nothing much hidden. <clears throat> Why should there be? Because, you see, they know their bosses are in charge now and on a roll. That's what the whole New World Order is about. 
Bertrand Russell, H.G. Wells, all the people who were pushing the stuff for the League of Nations to be set up, then the United Nations to be set up, were all eugenicists. Mightily so. Mightily so. <clears throat> Here's an article here from the UK column. Very interesting. It's a British newspaper someone sent me. It says, welcome to Gordon Brown's New World Order. And after all, that's, that's the term that Brown used at the big money summit, the New World Order. It says, a New World Order financial beast is emerging as anti-British Fabian MPs destroy Britain from within. We're facing, or faced with a new battle for Britain. And it's an interesting article because now they're talking about uh, asking the troops to fire on British people in the streets. Back with more on this after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article from the UK column from the newspaper, May 2009 edition. And you'll find them also at the website, the bcgroup.org.uk. The bcgroup.org.uk. And the reason I'm reading this is because Britain, you see, was a prototype for the setting up of a world empire that's in the, the Charter of the United Nations. That's, that's what they said they'd copy. And I've gone into the histories of the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, the joined with Milner and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and that was their intention. But they also wanted to bring the United States into it, and that's why, with the total amalgamation of the Americas going on, we've now then also to amalgamate with Europe, the European Union. And the Prime Minister of Canada has advocated that. Nothing happens by chance. So this is the big Fabian world system where the eugenicists and those who, how, who know how we should live uh, will be ruling our lives for us. They already are, actually. It's just it's not completely out in the open to everyone at the same time at once. But certain families are getting hit here and there with their children getting snatched from them and all the rest of it by authorities. They've found out. These are the same boys, remember, for this new world order that want one child per family, at least for a few years before they go into permission only, before you can even have one. But it says here, the new world order financial beast is emerging, the anti-British Fabian MPs destroy Britain from within, which was the plan that they said they'd infiltrate everything from within. They call it lawful takeover of government, because they did it through wiling themselves in, and having masses of money to push their candidates in through various guises, through different parties and names and so on, just to get into power. It's been achieved worldwide. Worldwide. So where I talk about Britain is coming everywhere else very quickly, because Britain is the prototype everyone else must copy. It says here, the members of parliament think they can do as they please. They can lie, cheat, steal, engage in corruption, snatch our children, deny justice, bail out fraudulent banksters, buy pornographic films with public money. That's Jackie Smith, of course, head of Homeland Security, and even have sex with their moles in parliament, in parliament. 
Now they want a £40,000 per year pay increase and are asking British squaddies, squaddies are the troops, the private soldiers, they're asking British troops if they will shoot at British people in British streets. This is an accident, certainly not. This is a common purpose elite now working to destroy Britain and replace it with the post-democratic society. That's a term that's been used by the Fabian Society, the Club of Rome, and all the rest of it. Remember the Club of Rome said they did not favor democracy. It was too cumbersome, too many conflicting parties. There would never be peace with them. So they're talking about the post-democratic society where you're ruled, plain and simple, by government authorities. It is from CCTV cameras on the streets and the pubs to fingerprinting of children and government permission to travel abroad. Yep, you need permission now to get out of the country. The evidence is growing that our criminal political elite in Westminster is herding us into a vicious police state. The fact that Brown has recently authorized 50,000 officials to spy on friends, families, and young children are programmed to spy on their parents, which should send a, a shudder down the spine of every decent man and woman in Britain. This is the creation of the British equivalent of the East German Stasi. These are the people who will be duped into creating Brown's new dictatorship, his so-called New World Order. Where is it heading? Chaos and violence on the streets, and then a massive clampdown to lock us into the post-democratic state. That's exactly how it's been planned. Even sources within the military are now blowing the whistle on government questionnaires, asking troops if they will be prepared to fire on their own people on the streets of Britain. Bolshevik Russia or Nazi Germany, it matters not. The same tactics of revolutionary change are being used. Destroy the country's institutions, create chaos and ferment violence on the streets. Then the state clamp down. And that's obviously what's going to happen because that's what the military's own think tanks have said is going to happen. Ongoing riots for 30 years. Quite something, eh? And most people are oblivious to what's even going on. They're reacting, but they're oblivious to what's going on and why it's going on. And it's interesting, too, in this paper here, because I mentioned of how the elite, you see, the elite establishment of Britain, and every country's got an establishment, very old families, very wealthy they tell politicians what to do, and they're obeyed immediately. In Britain, they're often related to royalty. There are thousands of them related to, to royalty and the aristocracy. I went through a few days ago about the Cray brothers and the, the British lords that were involved in a pedophile homosexual ring and how the British Home Office, in charge of all British laws and security, were told to back off. Not by Parliament, but by the establishment, the ones who really rule the country. And the Home Office did back off. And they whited out all the names of the living peers or lords that are still involved in these scams and sexual perversions. And this article in this paper ties right in with that. So I'll be back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
cutting through the matrix. You know, studying history is, is quite something because you go down through uh, the people who are called great down through history, like Alexander the Great, the man who slaughtered his way across through Egypt and Babylon and all the way apparently to the outskirts of India. And you find out he was a true perverted character who got off and slaughtering people. And he was into lots of, kind of sexual deviance, deviations, etc. But you understand that's the way of the power mongers because it's a sadomasochistic world they live in of domination. They get off on this. And if they weren't doing that, they'd be raping someone at the lower end uh, of the scale and maybe getting caught at it. But if you're born into these powerful families, regardless of the era and time has gone by or the present, you're protected because those at the top, especially aristocracy, will close ranks to protect their own, regardless of what they've done. That's always been the case. That's what Britain did when the lords involved, they say, in the Cray cover-up were threatened really by having it all exposed in the press, especially the other lords that didn't have their, their names so far mentioned in the press. They've classified those names for another 50 years, so as we don't know, even though they know they're guilty of what they did. And it's the same in every country. The deviants all down through history live in a sadomasochistic world of power. Power, power. We can't imagine that having that need for power and domination over others. We can't, we can't even go near the psychopathic mindset of them. Those are the same types explained in the book Ponerology that I've read on the air about the psychopathic mind that, that always go into politics and claw their way up. They have no conscience. They lust for power and what it brings them. And once they're in power, they flaunt it by doing the, the sort of thing that this article, this British article mentions, the UK column. On page six of uh, May's edition, it says, it's a fact that the Labour government suppressed the release of the police operation or list, which was known to have identified paedophiles within the government, judiciary, the police, the clergy, civil service and private sector. It must be of great concern to the UK public that senior members of the Labour Cabinet are now shown by the Daily Telegraph in their article dated 9th of March 2009 to have been linked to an organisation promoting a relaxation in the laws governing child pornography. Politicians want to do away with the laws on paedophilia. It's, it's called inter, they now call it intergenerational sex. Now, it doesn't surprise me because I understand the types who claw their way up into power. They've always been that way. And I mentioned, too, in 2001, before 9-11 went off, they had an international meeting of censors organizations from every country. We thought the censors committees were there to make sure that nothing too out there got on television or radio to shock the public how wrong we were because we live in doublespeak. The job of the censors is to keep their pulse on the people to see if they're ready to, to get pushed for the next envelope getting pushed. That's their job. And they said, after that meeting, they'd won the rights to push homosexuals on, on TV and radio by the organized blitzes that they had. 
But then two professors stood up, one in Canada, one in the States, and read identical articles stating that the next war would be for bestiality, the right for bestiality and intergenerational sex. And here it comes. It's been pushed by politicians at the top. Since researchers for the UK column are also finding worrying evidence linking therapy, listen to this, and child caressing within the confines of Labour's new academy schools. For therapy, we assume neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which is new speak for hypnotherapy. For caressing, we mean project caressing. That's a project caressing. See articles page 13 and 16. Should children be subjected to hypnosis and caressing by adults? New labor will have started to install a frightening possibility in the nation's schools. They want to do this in schools to the children, by the way. They say it will calm them down. They're bringing in these specially trained, supposedly, uh, caressers. It says here, in the background, other European Union countries with Germany at the forefront have already started calling for pedophilia to be made lawful. Could it be that alongside various promotions of the benefits of homosexuality to young children, hidden hands in Westminster are also working to make pedophilia acceptable in the UK? Well, you're spot on, because that is the agenda. That is the agenda. Everything that was considered normal has to be destroyed under the Fabian Charter. Everything that was To bring in the new, the new world, everything that was must be destroyed. The first thing was a massive attack on family units. The second was the total obliteration of all religions who claimed that they had a right, the right, the truth of a deity or whatever. The truth. If you said, well, everyone's got the same, different versions of the same truth, you're okay. If you claim to have special truth they were your enemy and you would be flattened and that has happened too this is warfare you understand planned deliberate ongoing warfare and this article too goes on and on and on about pedophile information exchange and so on and all the politicians who are pushing for it And it says, it's interesting here, that one of the organizations that push it, many of them you've never think were involved in it, Liberty Knee, NCCL, was originally started in 1934 by Ronald Kidd, who was angered by brutal police attacks and protesters. The organization later included such figures as E.M. Forster, as its president, and Clement Attlee, and Euron Bavan, Havelock Ellis, Aldo Huxley, Aldo Huxley, eh? the man who had to cut up people and study them, and who said they'd, they'd bring in a, a new world order through UNESCO. J.P. Priestley, Bertrand Russell, oh no kidding, and H.G. Wells amongst his vice presidents. Did you know they were actually pushing for new laws on sexuality and perhaps pedophilia as well? Well, look into the other articles about H.G. Wells, for instance, he signed, he signed special contracts with his wives to make sure they wouldn't blow all the weird stuff and kinky stuff they had to do for him to keep happy. These are the kinds of people who get up into power because it goes hand in glove with the psychopathic personality. And only those type go into politics. 
That's the reality of it. And everyone in the U.S. forgets about all their scandals as well. When Clinton was in, and tours of the White House and overnight sleeps by different stars, etc., they forget the Washington Times article, which I'll put up here on my website, cuttingforthematrix.com, at the end of the show. Thursday, June 29th, 1989. Homosexual prostitution inquiry ensnares VIPs with Regan and Bush. Callboys took midnight tour of the White House. A homosexual prostitution ring is under investigation by federal and district authorities and includes amongst its clients key officials of the Reagan and Bush administration, military officers, congressional aides, and U.S. and foreign businessmen with close and social ties to Washington's political elite. Documents obtained by the Washington Times reveal one of the ring. The ring's high-profile clients was so well-connected, in fact, that he could arrange a middle-of-the-night tour of the White House for his friends on Sunday, July the 3rd of last year. Among the six persons on the extraordinary 1 a.m. tour were two male prostitutes. Federal authorities, including the Secret Service, are investigating criminal aspects of the ring and have told male prostitutes and their homosexual clients that a grand jury will deliberate over the evidence throughout the summer. The Times learned. It was a well-organized ring. I'll bet you it wasn't the first time it was here either. These are the, this is the reality of those who seek power and how they flaunt it and how they laugh and laugh and laugh at what they see as the inferiors. Remember, a sadomasochist will worship the person above them who has more power than them. And they will utterly despise all those down beneath them as being submissive. That's the nature of the beast. Simple as that. But yeah, they're going after your children, all right. That was the next barrier, they said, at that census meeting. The census boards are owned by the government. And they all said that. That was their next milestone. Bestiality and intergenerational sex. They said it was all right if, if the child wasn't hurt. They said the same thing about the animal, by the way. It was all, all right if the, the animal wasn't hurt in the process. Do you know that the squads of people from Europe and America going over to places like Norway where they can actually breed animals to have sex with because it's legal there? Do any of you know the kind of world you're living in? These are your great and wonderful leaders. Remember what Plato said. There's no such thing at the end of his, 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 his long dialogue through virtue land. He's talking about how to put on a facade to the public who will fall for it. He said eventually there's no such thing as virtue. There's only the appearance of virtue. And they give us the appearance of it, don't they? As they kiss babies at election times and say all the right things that you expect them to say. But you watch them go. Once they're in, you watch them go. And you'll never know who they really are because there's not a bit about them from any magazine, interview or anything that isn't prearranged. It's public relations. You'll never know who they really are. These particular people. Power has always been corrupt at the top it's the 
nature of the beast. The getting just rich isn't enough for these people. They want power. They want people to cow to them and bow to them because they're technically the sadists. Sadists. I talked before about how they would be under warfare by so many different, from so many different directions our whole lives long. I've run through the disappearing mail with the skirm count plummeting and there's no crisis about it. Why not? Because it's planned that way. If it was outside their plan, it would be a crisis. They like to be in charge of what's going on. Believe you me. And the biosphenols in the plastics were added to can liners even use biosphenols and zero estrogens or zero estrogens to flush out baby bottles, supposedly to sterilize them, and left a good quantity there just for the babies to soak up. But they also put it in women's cosmetics as well, knowing what the effect would be on the fetus of the male child between eight weeks and 12 weeks. We see the effects today. They're quite evident, even on the skeletal system of the male, that alone. But that's not good enough because the plastic industries are hidden back, you see. What are they doing? Well, they're, they're, they're taking things that people will suck on that are plastic through habit or whatever and adding flavors to them just to make sure you have a good flavor with your xenoestrogen. This is from plasticstoday.com. Plastic applications requiring custom taste and scent enhancements can look to a new alliance between compounder a. Shulman Incorporated, Akron, Ohio, and Add the Flavor LLC New York, two companies, which hopes to commercialize its polyflav product as a master batch or additive. This is <clears throat> Chuck Hampton, a human Norse American master batch business manager, sees a variety of end markets for the technology, telling Plastics Today we envisage applications in virtually any plastic part that may come in contact with the mouth. Items such as mouth guards, toothbrushes, flossing devices, water bottle spouts, etc. have been discussed. A showman will add to them to its polybatch line of specialty additive master batches. They come in two series, S and O, with both reported to provide long-lasting flavor. Isn't that wonderful? S offers a strong scent with a subtle taste, according to A. Schulman, while O, or Optimized series, provides both strong scent and taste. I tell you, the children will love this stuff, won't they? Hampton said that materials are FDA-recognized. Well, of course, because the FDA is all part of this big agenda, have been from the beginning. And several customers are in sampling and scale-up. So there you are. Not cutting back on plastics. No, they're going to give them flavors. So you'll, you'll enjoy sucking on them all the more. Quite something, eh? Quite something. Uh, it makes you, it really does make you wonder. It really does make you wonder. If people really know what's really going on. Brzezinski. Brzezinski's been such a busy technocrat his whole life in geopolitics, helping start up wars. He was the first guy in to stir up those in Afghanistan to to get the Soviets to invade them 
and bogged them down in their Vietnam War. That was his idea. He admitted that in an interview on television. He didn't care about thousands getting killed and slaughtered. That wasn't relevant. Psychopath, you see. But he says here, he says here in his book, Between Two Ages, remember he was the former National Security Advisor, Zygmunt Brzezinski. He says, technology will make available to the leaders of major nations. In 1970, this book was written, techniques for conducting secret warfare of which only a bare minimum of security forces need be appraised. Techniques of weather modification could be employed to produce prolonged periods of drought or storm. And that's what he did. They did that, you see, during the 80s and 90s and put most of the farmers in Canada and the West and the bread basket of the U.S. out of business. Then in came the big agribusinesses and lo and behold, that nice weather. Wonderful, isn't it? Zygmunt Brzezinski is also the former National Security Advisor and co-founder of the Trilateral Commission with David Rockefeller serving as a director from 73 to 76. Here's what he said from his book Between Two Ages, page 57. He's talking about a system they're going to bring in, a system that would seriously impair the brain performance of very large populations. In addition, future developments may well include animate, automated or manned space warships, DCC installations, chemical or biological weapons, death rays, and still other forms of warfare. Even the weather may be tampered with. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just finishing off with some quotes from some of the big players, those who did crave power and, and did get it, the technocrats, those with the real power, as Professor Carl quickly said, the real power behind the scenes. They're not answerable to the public, and they work for the parallel government getting things done. Getting things done. They never retire. And this is from Brzezinski's book, Between Two Ages, written in 1970. 1970. He said here, In addition, it may be possible and tempting to exploit for strategic political purposes the fruits of research on the brain and on human behavior. It says Gordon J.F. MacDonald, a geophysicist specializing in problems of warfare, has written that timed artificially excited electric, electronic strokes could lead to a pattern of oscillations that produce relatively high power levels over certain regions of the Earth. In this way, one could develop a system that would seriously impair the brain performance of very large populations in selected regions over an extended period. No matter how deeply disturbing the thought of using the environment to manipulate behavior for national advantages to some, the technology permitting such use will very probably develop within the next few decades. Well, you see, when he wrote that, it was already under development. And today, it's working. It's being used. It is being used. He also said, in a footnote on page 57, techniques for conducting secret warfare. He 
Chris says, as one specialist noted, by the year 2018, technology will make available to leaders of the major nations a variety of te- techniques for conducting secret warfare, of which only a bare minimum of, those of the security forces need be appraised. One nation may attack a competitor covertly by bacterial means, thoroughly weakening the population, though with a minimum of fatalities, before taking over with its own armed forces. Alternatively, techniques of weather modification could be employed to produce prolonged periods of drought or storm. So these characters really have been going on forever. Here's what Brzezinski says. The technotronic era involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Well, that's your cameras, that's the towers going up that pulse your brains and all the rest of it. This is such a society would be dominated by an elite unrestrained by traditional values. In other words, nothing to do with democracy. This is post-democracy. That's what you're in right now. Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizen. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities. The authorities. Quite something, eh? Quite something. You know, when Brzezinski was, taught, was asked about, uh, because he did stir up the whole uh, Afghan, he helped, he helped create the whole mess in Afghanistan to create a Vietnam for the Soviets to come into and get bogged down in. And when he was asked if he thought it was worth it or felt guilty about having done so, he denied it. He says, no, regret what? That secret operation was an excellent idea. It drew them in, it trapped them, he says, you want me to regret it? The day that the Soviets officially crossed the borders. He says, um, he says, so what? He says, if it stirred up and, and uh, caused a few Muslims to be killed, so what? He says, so what? That's the monsters who are running this world. And we're the next Muslims, believe you me, when they're finished over there. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.